Sounds better with your music and your station playing on the background. Following radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of Because I Have a Live Mic here on Fluent Radio. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. Hope everybody's having a good Sunday. Enjoy it now because it's going to snow Tuesday. So Really? Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> it wasn't what I was expecting, but anyway. I'm tired of seeing flip flops and leggings. Okay. That makes one of us. But uh, <laughs> we got a great show for you right now. We're going to talk about D-Way getting some stakes in the Utah Jazz. We're also going to talk about the new play-in uh, system for the NBA and why I think it actually will work and for future references. Uh, also, we're going to talk about what we're going to start the show off with. So, of course, the draft is around the corner. April 29th is the first round. Um, of course, you know, like we said for you know the past few weeks that this is a very quarterback-heavy draft that for the first time, and I think – a long time, the top about four picks can go essentially quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Uh, this is probably the deepest it's ever been in a quarterback draft in a while. Um, but of course, as always, the lovable people who do the analysis always will have to bring up certain things that annoys the holy hell out of me. So one of the things is that, of course, Trevor Lawrence is projected to be the number one overall pick in this year's draft. He is Arguably one of the best quarterbacks coming out of this year's draft. Um, of course, uh, Justin Fields has been up there as the second best quarterback coming out. I think he is one of the best quarterbacks coming out, not only of college, but out of Ohio State. And as we know, Ohio State has not been produced great quarterbacks, right? Like they still have been, you know, they seem like they can lose everything around there. But quarterback still seems to be the one where they just have the issue with. So, of course, there always been the comments that, you know, how they've been tied together. But recently... Comments have come out about saying how people just don't think Justin Fields is that guy, right? Like, there have been comments saying that uh, Justin Fields have seen, like, that he seems that he doesn't really prepare well, that he isn't, you know, the guy that you want to be your uh, franchise quarterback. You know, the he's, first, he's the first one to leave, last one to get there. Oh, you know, the comments, of course. And, again, these just... Once again, scream very well of we really just don't want the black quarterback to be good, right? Like at the end of the day, that's really what this is, right? And the problem is that a lot of people have been starting to look at Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence in cohesion and really have started to come to the conclusion that I kind of made a while ago that if you really had to ask me, I'd probably pick Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. Like it's not super controversial, but I'd probably pick him. I think he's a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. I think in the long run, he's probably going to be, have a better career just because he's going to have a little bit easier route. Right? Like a lot of people, you know, and I actually had proof of it because, you know, I have proof. Uh, if you look in the biggest games that Trevor Lawrence has had, right, like outside of maybe his first title when he beat Alabama down, right, like when he beat them down, right, like he beat Alabama down as, a, as like a redshirt sophomore, right, like that has never been done before, <laughs> right? If you take that game out, Trevor Lawrence is not really every time he's played a top level defense. So like um, LSU in 2019 title game and Ohio State last year. And I think the Sugar Bowl, both of those times they have made him look bad. Right. Like Ohio, especially LSU, LSU switched everything up on them. Like because LSU went from like a two deep the uh, cover two deep system and it started to be like, cool, we're just going to play man. And like we're just going to be out bodying y'all. 
and he could not fit those throws into those receivers. He really looked flustered. He could not get his feet set. That pressure was getting to him and everything, right? Like, and then you reverse that to the Ohio State game. It was the same thing, right? Like, once they started to make him play the game that they wanted them to, him to play, he kind of looked bad, right? Versus vice versa, when you look at um, Justin Justin Fields, again, going against that Clemson defense who was very high up there, right? It was very vaunted defense, right? Like, a lot of people have seen that this defense is going to produce some NFL players. He shredded them. Like, he shredded them, right? Like, after that one big hit he took into the ribs, he shredded them completely, and a lot of people are now doing, of course, what they always say, like, well, you know, Justin Fields, I just don't know if he has the mind for the game, right? Like, he's very much a run-first quarterback, meaning he's just, you know, he's the black quarterback, right? Because anytime you ever, anytime someone ever says, like, a dual-threat quarterback or he, you know, he's very good with his feet, if the, he can make the play, you know, develop, he can go ahead and play if it breaks down or something like that, that's just meaning that he cannot... They're trying to say that, and they're trying to say logistically he's not smart enough to understand to stay in the pocket and make a throw. But when every time you hear somebody says something about Trevor Lawrence, it's how intelligent he is and how he can read defenses and how he can make those tough NFL-level throws, whereas Justin Fields has made those throws forever, right? Like, especially in Ohio State when you play Big Ten defenses who, you know, occasion like three or five defenses in there tend to be actually good, right? Like, versus the ACC where... If Florida State's not good that one year, no one really ever in there is to challenge them, right? Like, Miami has been good, but they have not been to the level of what people expected, right? Like, after those two teams, there's nobody really in the ACC, right? Like, if you were to switch them, if you were to put Justin uh, Justin Fields in the ACC and put Trevor Lawrence in, um, where is it? Put Trevor Lawrence in the ACC, I mean, the Big Ten, it would be a complete difference. Right, like you slit, you switched him, right? Because people forget coming out of high school, like Justin Fields' coach said, he looked he was he was better player than Cam Newton, and he coached Cam Newton in high school. <laughs> like people tend to forget that, like Justin Fields was in Georgia for two years, and again they decided to start Jake Fromm over him, and that was the biggest mistake of their life. And you saw what happened there. Jake Fromm never got past the uh, title game, <laughs> never got past the uh, never got to the ACE, uh, SEC title game. Whereas Justin Fields took uh, Ohio State to two Big Ten titles in two years, right? Like, it's just the because what happened. What's happening now is a lot of people are starting to look at Justin Fields as kind of that quarterback that you know what we could win with him, right? Like Trevor Lawrence again. This is not saying that Trevor Lawrence is a bad quarterback. I still think he's arguably the best quarterback coming out of the draft this year. It's just when people start to look at Justin Fields and just like, hmm, he could be pretty good too. Now the Cases start to pop up where it's just like, uh, well, we can't really, you know, have two good quarterbacks. Some one of them got to be bad. So let's just do the black quarterback. And it just always sucks because it's just like once you do that, you start to label this, and it makes it harder for black quarterbacks in the in the future to do get over this factor, right? Like this has been going. This isn't something new. Or this has always been going on since like since uh not even my since like Ooh. Doug Williams, yeah. Since Doug Williams came out, when people didn't think he could win the Super Bowl, so now it's just continuing this perpetual state, and it's just hard because like black quarterbacks have been proven to be the top level guys, right? Like last year, the top five offenses in the NFL were all quarterback by black quarterbacks. This year, uh, four, uh, five out of the ten top offenses were all coached by uh, quarterback by black quarterbacks even before Dak went down yeah. with his injury they were all you know quarter coached by uh 
quarterback by black quarterbacks. The NFL, like I said before, the NFL is changing, and I don't think people really like that. I think they still want to continue to push this thing of we need a drop back, stand in the pocket quarterback, which if you look now, that's starting to fade away. Right, like no one really is doing that anymore, and I think now the problem is they want to keep trying to go back to this thing because they think that's going to work. At the end of the day, it's not like quarterbacks. You know, defenses, offensive, getting more athletic, and you can't tell me that you would do better with ten guys being able to do something and one guy only being able to throw. When a defense, when if a play breaks down, only Tom one of them. Used to be like that. In, in early years, yeah. yeah but he again, changed up. he changed. Like he don't do that anymore. But in the early years, he did just it was just because, like, even then, those early years, there were, you know, six, eight defensive linemen who could run fast. They were still kind of bulky. But like as the time progressed, as defensive linemen got, you know, more athletic, as defensive line, you know, as defenses in general just got better. It's just now it's just like you can't sit here and tell me only, you know, we need we just need the quarterback to stand in the pocket and not being able to shift and move or anything like that. Yeah, he's dope. And like this is, and I think, and Patrick again, Mahomes does that really good, where he's just he's everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Well, if he don't spot you. He's gonna get it done his fucking self, his freaking self. Yeah. Well, the thing with Patrick Mahomes is that Patrick Mahomes is a freak. Yeah. Like he's a freak <laughs> athlete. Like, dude, he was in the Super Bowl. He was making throws that normally people wouldn't make. He was literally he was getting sacked and still was making throws. And if some people would catch the ball. Those have been like plays we would still be talking about to today, about the fact that he was doing. And again, but again, it's one of those things where even Patrick Mahomes can move around. He's not just a stand in the pocket guy. Like he he doesn't run as much as like a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen does, but he can still. Lamar Jackson dips. Oh yeah, he dips. Like he be dipping, but he also has to dip because he ain't got nowhere to throw to. Like they refuse to get him a receiver. Fine, I'll just cut myself. Exactly, they refuse to get him a receiver, and then again, guys just like cool. Where we're just gonna go. You know, Trubisky used to do that a lot, too, where he would if, just kind of dip off. I've said this before. If they would have just let him do that, like, yeah. be if they would have took the the Buffalo offense, which is kind of modeled after Josh Allen, where he doesn't have to run if he doesn't want to, yeah. but he still has the options to run. If they took that offense and put it in Chicago, he would have succeeded. Yeah, he would have. Like, the problem was, again, Matt Nagy was trying to make him a relatively pocket passer. And it wasn't going to work. Like, the best thing when Mitch was doing when he was doing those rollouts and when he had the option to run, when he had the option to throw, when he had, you know, he's not, he wasn't like a deep thrower guy. So there was no way he was going to keep, you know, have the play break down and go forward. He needed the option. Yeah, he could run and get you. Yeah, he could run and get you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like 10 yards or 10 yards if he needed to. Right. And that's the thing. And that's the thing. Like, that's the, what, that's what offensive nowadays are going to be. Like, if you are, a pocket standing quarterback who can't get you at least five, six yards if the play breaks down, you're eventually not going to be as coveted as he, as you once was. That's why I don't think Mac Jones is going to go as high as people think yeah. he is. Like I think people think he's going to go this high because hey, you know, he had like a 70, 77% uh passer rating at Alabama, which is good, right? Like which is great. But you also gotta remember he had arguably in that one time span Arguably the best receivers yeah. to ever come out of college right now. He like he had Jalen Waddle, uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan Judy. He had Devontae Smith. The dude he had two dudes on there. Where the first, where the dude who won the Heisman was still the second best receiver on the team. Yeah. 
Like, people forget about that. Jordan Waddle was supposed to be the number one guy. I remember them talking about that. Yeah. Jordan Waddle was supposed to be the number one guy. He got hurt. Devontae Smith came up and said, okay, cool. I'll just be the, I'll just be the, I'll just win the Heisman. Like, he, they forgot about that. So, like, that's why I say with Mac Jones, is going to be hard because I don't know what he's going to do. Because now that Mac Jones, you know, he's a standing pocket. And, like, Trevor Lawrence isn't, Trevor Lawrence isn't, like, a standing pocket quarterback. Like, you're, uh, <laughs> exactly. Like you're, you know, like a standing pocket. He can move a little bit, but it's not to the level that I think people expect it to be. So it's just one of those things where even comes again, even my dude, my guy, Zach Wilson, who I think is arguably one of the most underrated quarterbacks coming out from because he, you know, played with BYU. So nobody ever watched him. (laughs) I think he's a sleeper pick, pick, but he had like he had those plays where he would. You know, he would make the plays run. He would run it. You know, he could throw those ridiculous passes that a lot of people did not think that you could make, right? Like, he made those plays because he had a strong arm. But it's just one of those things. Like, it was just one of those things where people, he has still the capability to move. And I think the biggest, and I think for Justin Fields, the biggest game that a lot of people question him on is the Big Ten title game against uh, Northwestern. Because like when he played Northwestern, he kind it was um, he ended up didn't do as great as a lot of people was expecting him to do against a Northwestern team that people were you know were kind of laughing off of just getting there. Right. And it wasn't for if honestly if it wasn't for the fact that with Travis Etienne going off, I think he had like two hundred and thirty yards in the game. Like he he it would have hurt Justin Fields. But then Justin Fields also came out and had a great game against like I said that Mont Cleveland def- right. Clemson defense. To where he show people like, okay, you know, he can actually play. And that's the problem. I don't think people tend to realize that. So that's why I say, like, those those first four picks are going to be telling. Because, again, they're going to be Zach Wilson, not Zach Wilson, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to be tied at the hip together. Yeah. Same way Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. Jackson. He will. No, he's running on number two because the Jets need a quarterback now. And if, if and I think, um, Zach Wilson fits the Jets a little bit better than yeah. Justin Fields just because uh, Zach Wilson is used to working with less. Right. And when he goes to the uh, when he goes to the Jets, he's used to working with not having, you know, the best receivers. Whereas if you're Justin Field, you can do the same thing there. It's just it would just be better for him to go to like uh, cuz San Francisco hopped up and took third pick. It would be better for him to Patriots got the 10th pick, right? No, they got the 15th. They may end up jumping to 10 yeah. just to get Mac Jones because that's the type of quarterback Bill Belichick likes. Yeah. But right now, I, if, I don't see them hopping up. If, I'll put it like this. If by the time Trey Lance is gone, then they'll end up getting Mac Jones because they'll end up hopping up and getting him because what's going to happen is after about pick five, no one really else needs a quarterback. Like, right. like it would be nice to have one, but no one really else needs one. And if they hop up and go draft him too soon, it looks like they could have probably waited yeah. instead of trading something that they would have needed eventually. Because they have, they have desirable draft uh, draft pick trade assets right now. Right, like they have a desirable ones, but it's just if they hop up too soon, it's going to look bad on them. Right. So it's just like I would wait to see what's going to happen before I hop up. But yeah, you know that he doesn't. That's what I'm saying. He's see, he would be smart. He's going to figure out like if I can at least if I can wait to see what's going what's going to happen because I'm not going to because he still has Cam for a year, right? So he's not going to be like 
he they're not going to feel the need to jump up and grab somebody that they don't need at the moment because they have a better lineup. They have a better offense right now than they have before. But right now, yeah, that's that's what's going to work. Going to be interesting to see. Of course, that's what and that's what I said. Like the draft is always interesting because I enjoy watching it more than like like as a fan, I enjoy watching it. For like at least the first two rounds, because like the first two after the third round, after like the third round, now it's well, it's just because like you no no it's true a lot of people do it's just because like after the unless somebody like drops dramatically, there's no little there's little to no drama because like from like third to about third to about fifth round is kind of where you get those you know the the key pieces those starters those backups you know the guys you know probably can take your future you know probably something like that. But after the fifth round, it's just like now you're just kind of getting fill-ins, right? Like yeah. if someone gets hurt, he, you know, not you saying bottom on the barrel, right? Right. Now. I wouldn't say bottom up. That's only on. the seventh. That's only in the seventh round. But that's normally. <laughs> but about then, that's when you know you start getting everybody who you know was kind of who has the kind of good. You know, if he gets in a good situation, he can be better. You know, something like that. But yeah, no, the first like the, the first always is very interesting because it's always like who's gonna do what. Like yeah. you can do certain move picks, you can do certain jump ups. You can grab certain people and just like, huh, man, really wasn't expecting that. See how this works out. I remember when I was uh, about 27, 21, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the same drive class as Vince Young, me, Vince Young, Reggie Bush. And uh, it was hard because I got picked, I want to say, 20th. I was uh, I was in the 14th round. No one picked me. But, you know, congratulations you know, to all those guys that did get picked. Now you <laughs> look at your man. I was like, "Hey man, Matt, listen, man, Matt, listen. When you play Madden, you gotta make sure you spot. You gotta <laughs> no, get your. You I gotta was actually in the thing. I was in there. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, you know, but uh, it's been a minute since I really enjoyed a good drive. I'm gonna be up. Well, this I'm one's gonna, gonna be different because people are gonna be back in there. Yeah. So, and that's also one thing I want to see how they handle it with people back in there, because. Yeah. You know, they hadn't had people in there in a while, and then they the first spot. They're opening a lot of stuff now. They're opening a lot of stuff. Yeah, but then the first place decided to go was Cleveland. Okay. Jakeem, Noah. Jakeem, Noah. I'm just, hey, I'm just saying, you know, nobody's ever said, let's, you know, let's go, let's go to Cleveland. It's true. Except Brian James and uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. I never seen nothing with the top. Exactly. Last thing they had popping in the was Bow Wow, you know? And well, we all know how that turned out. Yeah. Is, do Bawa, is Bawa still thinking them people is following him because they actually thought he was yeah, famous? Yeah. Come on, they're going to watch me. They're following me, guys. He's still on that private plane that just has a million people on it. <laughs> oh, Bawa. Wow. That That's okay. It's okay. Mr. 106 and 4. Nah, that was fun. Oh, I mean, hey. Okay, divert from sports real quick. He was kind of Mr. 106 and 4. He was so on there a lot. I mean, yeah, he was the one that killed it, so he definitely was Mr. 106 <laughs> Too much of a good thing. (laughs) Again, like I said, it's just like what Kyrie did. How you gonna save your place? You caused all the drama in. He thought he was killed. Yeah. He thought he was killed. He seen that last dance. Oh, I can do that too. No, I'm good. (laughs) But uh, yeah. But no, cause but yeah, I I really do think this quarterback class is gonna be interesting to watch because they're all because it's gonna be the first time like again. Four quarterbacks are going to be tied together yeah. in a sense, right? Because no matter what happens, if because for forever they're going to be tied to one another's success and failure. Like Cam Newton's forever tied with Andy Dalton because their success and failure are always going to be tied together. 
Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. They're all they're successful. Like that up and down narrative. Well, again, it's know, just like it, that comparison. Well, again, it, because it worked, it it's better drama, right? Like because it's one of those things where a lot of people, again, perfect example, the Robert Griffin the Third, Andrew Luck, right? Like their careers will be forever linked because of that draft, right? Like right. because people at the time, especially at that time, right? Like Baylor never really had like a top level player go that high. Um. Watchman Baylor never had like a top level quarterback go that high, and then when he does go as high as he did, it was you know to the uh, Redskins at the time. Everybody thought, cool, this was going to be like the perfect time for him. He's going to succeed. Andrew Luck goes to Indianapolis after Peyton Manning leaves. You know, kind you know kind of has to carry that legacy yeah. and does well for himself. Right, he gets to the AC, a, AFC title game. Right, like his career in my opinion, kind of had a better trajectory than Robert Griffin III because of what happened with the injury, right? Like now, again, Robert Griffin III had probably one of the best rookie years you could have as a quarterback. Then he got hurt and tried to, and were kind of forced to play in that game with a torn ACL. Right. And if you look, his career never was the same after that again. It always kind of dipped down after that point. And that's what I said, like, and then even Andrew Luck, like, after... That after his career in Indy, when he retired early, we can now sit back and look and see who had the better career. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Andrew Luck because he played a little bit more longer games. He had a little bit longer success. Everyone remembers the game, the playoff game against the Chiefs when they were down by a lot. And then next thing you know, they come back. So it's forever like quarterbacks, player, top level players are going to be ever tied to one another in the draft. It just always seems like it's better drama when it's tied to two top high quarterbacks because that way you can always see like hey he doing he's doing this in Jacksonville let's see how Justin Fields is going to do in this thing and also helps because we don't know where Justin Fields going is going to go he could go number 2 to the Jets he could go number 3 to San Francisco he could go to the Atlanta Falcons we all know Justin Trevor Lawrence is going to go to Jacksonville and we don't but we don't know how that's going to work as well because Jacksonville has a new head coach in Urban Meyer who I've said this before. I don't know how college coach, how long college coaches have in the NFL because it's a lot different going from I am the end all be all. Like if you don't listen to me, you you know essentially don't have a career. Right. Versus going to guys who get who essentially make more money than you and do this for a living. You kind of just like facilitate as a coach. I feel like at the at the pro level, you kind of do because it's just like you aren't sit you aren't there as like you know you're coaching right like especially for a head coach right because you really have aspects of everything in there but you already have like you have an offensive coordinator you have a defense coordinator and then they have you know you have a quarterback's running back wide receiver lineman coach you have same you have a db uh, linebacker defensive line coach you have all of these coaches there that kind of sort of answer to you at the end of the day you're just facilitating at the end of the day you're just putting game plans together you nine times out of ten get the praise and the um, the failure if you do fail. But, you know, if you succeed, you get the praise. If you don't, you get the criticism. But at the end of the day, it tends to be you're just there. Yeah. Like, you're just calling games. And I know people are going to be upset, but you are. Yes. You're literally just there calling the games. Well, as opposed to college, where we see how, like, Pete Carroll got all that praise. We're doing what well, doing. Again, well, because, again, at college level, you are the end-all, be-all. Yeah. Because you are literally... 
you are literally their god at that point. You are literally their god because you control their future. Because I've had, I've heard it before where people have gone up to, uh, where coaches have said like, if you want to get to the NFL, you have to do it my way, right? Like if you don't do it this way, then I'm, then I can tell NFL coaches, well, you know, he does, he's not a real good team player. He doesn't really do this well. He doesn't really do yeah. this well. That can hurt your stock. So it it does happen that way. And that's the thing, and that's why I say, like, I don't know how long college coaches will last. Like, Pete Carroll, I think Pete Carroll is a very interesting. He's a different coach. He's an outlier because, again, Pete Carroll, even when, because, again, when it was good, it was good. But then when Pete Carroll started to to do a little bit more Pete Carroll things, that's when you saw him break up the, you know, when he broke up that defense, right? Like, when he broke up that defense, said, like, well, I want I kind of want to do it my way and have more offensive heavy. You know they really have not been the same since they since they broke up the Legion of Boom. Yeah. They haven't really had that. They haven't really been the same level of Seattle Seahawks. And that's and I wonder how long it's going to be before Urban Meyer says like, "Cool, we did it your way. Now I'm going to do it my way." Now, so it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how long that works. How much time do you put into that until you figure out a system that works for everybody? Will you try it their way? You try it your way? How long is that that screening process for the right system? Uh, how many games? Now that we have seventeen games, yeah, well, I got seventeen. Well, no, it's just <clears throat> for Urban Meyer. I'll give him. I'll give him a year, right? Like he's gonna do rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, kind of starting to redo the franchise. I'll give you, you know, a year or two, right? Like because you're trying to figure it out. But I. But if you don't, if I'll say it like this, if they don't start succeeding at the level that Urban Meyer expects them to succeed then he's going to be like cool we're going to start doing it my way yeah. right like because urban meyer uh, urban meyer especially has a level of success in the college level right like he has multiple uh college championships right like he has multiple college uh bcs titles he has multiple big 10 and sec titles right like he's coached arguably one of one of the best teams in college football in the Florida Gators, and I think the late 08 Florida Gators, right? Like he had arguably one of the best teams there, right? He arguably had, again, one of the best teams in the 2015 Ohio State Buckeyes, right? Like he he's always had like great level of talent. Now it is going to be interesting to see how does he handle that great level of talent when he doesn't have to coach them up. Yeah. When you don't have to sit there and do be the rah-rah guy in college, you have to be the raw right. You had to keep, you know, get the spirits up. Now it's like professional, right? Like I mean, now they do it. He's, he's still gonna, gonna try, try it, yeah. but it's just like now it's just there's no point because I mean I'm getting paid to do this. You ain't got to worry about me. Right. But yeah, but it's gonna be because that's what I said. For right now, that's why I said I give it a year or two. Year three, if they aren't succeeding at his standards, then he's gonna be like, okay, now it's my time. And if he and if he fails in his th- and if he fails at his system, then probably they're gonna go a different way. Yeah. But if he succeeds, it's gonna be interesting because now a lot of because now a lot of it's gonna open the door for a lot of college guys to come in, right? Like we're always we always kind of did the thing. Well, well, how would this coach succeed on a professional level? How right. would this coach succeed on you know at the higher level, right? Like because we've seen with Chip Kelly, we've seen with uh, John Harbaugh, it never really worked. At that certain level, like it worked for a year or two, but it never had a sustained. It never took it to like. It never. It wasn't like never consistent. Well, John. Well, no, John Harbaugh took the uh, Niners to the Super Bowl that one year. It would, but it just, and then he took them back, and then he took them back to the eight, NFC title game. But it was just that it wasn't a level of success. It wasn't a sustained level of success like it was 
in college. And then even then when he went to Michigan, it never was a level of success right. there. Like he never beat Ohio State once in his time there. So it was just it's just can can if Urban Meyer succeeds, I think just opens the door up for a lot of college court college coaches to start move into the NFL. Because it, it, even with or even with like Pete Carroll, it really didn't open the door because Pete Carroll already had a limited time in the NFL. Then he went back, and then people were just like, "Okay, we'll try, we'll, we'll try this again. We're gonna try this again." If he it has don't, the numbers to back it up though. He was good to go. Come on. Have you you didn't see those uh, that Pete Carroll uh, documentary? That not a documentary, just some Pete Carroll uh, Patriot teams. Did you? They were trash. Trash. That's why he left the second. That's why he left the first time with the USC. Yeah. But yeah, no. But no, like I said, the draft is always gonna the draft is gonna be interesting. First time people back, we're gonna see how this works. I like I said, I just I'm gonna be watching at least first two days. So after that, the range is gonna drop. Sure but speaking of, I do want to talk about this because I think this is actually gonna be good for the NBA. Um so the playing games have been announced. So we finally figure out how they're gonna work. So if okay, so here's how the playing game is gonna work. So if you're one through six, you're fine. If you're one through six, like in east and west, you're fine. Seven, eight, nine, ten are going to be the ones where they have to play in. So how it's gonna work is seven and eight are gonna play each other, nine and ten. But the winner between seven and eight will be the seventh seed. The loser will go against the winner of nine and 10 and the winner between eight and you know, nine and the winner between that will be the eighth seed. I know it's confusing, right? (laughs) Cause I I see why Luca was mad. Yeah. I mean, I get why Lucas, I get why Luca's mad because it's just one of those things where you work so hard to be the uh, BA seed in the playoffs and then you have the opportunity with someone who is essentially a lower level seed has essentially the, the capability of knocking you off early on in the you know early on where you know again because it's not like it's a it's a one game play playing right like it's yeah. not like a hey you know we got two games or you know best of three right it's a one game playing so you can you know if something happens you can slip up slip on a banana peel the sun gets in your eyes and then now a team who was the 10th seed has this potential to be the eighth seed in the playoffs. It sucks, but again, it's one of those things where I think it adds a little little level of drama because for the past few years, like eighth seeds have always kind of been just like either they've got in and it's like, hey, we're having to get in and we're blown out by the first uh by the number one seed, or hey, we're having to get in and then we take the first seed to uh, seven. Or if you're <laughs> if you're Golden State that one year who beat uh Dallas. When they were the eight, when they were the eight, and they, Dallas was the one seed, you know, you luck up and win. That was that was that was crazy. But yeah. I feel like this is just more for ratings. Oh, of course. More for ratings. Oh, of course. Everything. All of us for ratings. <laughs> when when hasn't it been about ratings? But it's about 1964. It wasn't about ratings. Exactly, because it wasn't on no TV then. <laughs> but um, it's about the game of basketball. Exactly, <laughs> but no, it's of course it's about ratings because what happened was. When they did it in the bubble the first year, the oh, first of all, they've been talking about doing this for the longest. They just finally had an excuse to do it yep. in the bubble yep. to see how it would work. And then when they figured out, oh, people actually would want to care about this because 
people forget people actually care about playoff basketball more than they do about regular season basketball right like this is the time frame when people start turning in right because you know they start in may this is the time frame when people like oh okay cool let's you know right let's start watching some basketball you know okay cool oh oh they the number one seed okay cool you know let's start watching this you know and then you know once it gets closer then now that's when everybody starts to start paying attention to the you know championship game the problem is with this play on with this playing game and i can see why a lot of people are upset about it but i will say this from the player aspect i can see because if you're a eight seed and historically if you are fighting to get to that eighth seat, right? Like it's always been the race to the eight, right? Like you have been either, either you're, cause normally the eight seat is like, you're a team that got hurt and, but you know, still was able to rally around right. and get to the AC. You're a young upcoming team who, you know, isn't quite there yet, but you slide into the playoffs, you know, and then you show what you can do for future references or you're just, you know, really bad that you year. And then every squeak by. You squeak yeah. by. But now, especially now, because if you look at the at the West, you have Golden State, you have San Antonio, you have I think Memphis, and you have Dallas. If you look at somebody like a Golden State who has the opportunity to sneak in, right? People are upset about that because it's just like, well, Golden State hasn't been great. Golden State hasn't been in the level of Golden State. They've just you know been getting by because of guys like Steph Curry, right? Like because of like. People just don't get that. People don't want to accept that factor of being like, hey, we just kind of got in. Whereas if you're like Luka, who's been, you know, Luka and Dallas Mavericks, who've been kind of trying to fight to stay in that playoff race, where you can be like, well, what's the point of me playing? I can just rest my starters until the playing game starts. I don't have to worry about it. I can just do that and then rest it and try to play in early. It's just one of those things where I get where people are upset about it. But at the same time, I just, I would enjoy it because. I enjoyed the playing game last year because then Dame went kind of went on his role, and like when Dame went on his role in the play in the playing game, and then he went on to have like one of those best kind of in those two in those like four games kind of had the best four game standings in the playoffs I've seen in a while with Dame Lillard. Yeah. So like the playing game, I get why people are upset about it, but it's just one of those things where it is what it is and like and the NFL has now seen something that it's going to be rating uh, rate give them higher ratings so like cool so they're gonna keep doing it but yeah but I get <laughs> Luca was just upset because at the end of the day okay perfect so here so right now Sixers Sixers number one which probably won't go change Sixers number one Nets Bucks Celtics Hawks and Knicks are all safe they are good even though Nothing has been closed up. Everything's still kind of up in the I feel air. Like the heat is gonna take over that six five, but we'll see. Well, right, because it, nobody's really closed anything right now. Like uh, everything is still kind of up. Like everyone still kind of can move. The play-in game would be Heat versus the Hornets, Bulls versus the Pacers. So let's hypothetically speaking, let's just say the Hornets win. They are number seven, and then the Heat would have to play the winner between the Pacers and the Bulls, and hypothetically. Bulls win. Um, so then the Heat would have to play the Bulls and the winner of that. Yeah, the Heat win that and they would become the eighth seed. Again, I can understand why people would be upset. Especially again, the West I can especially see because you look at the seven you look at the seven, eight, and ten on that one, it's Spurs, Warriors, Grizzlies, Mavs. If I'm Luca, I've been fighting to try to get in, trying to stay in the top eight to, from the jump. Yeah. 
I've had to go through a road because people because Porzingis has not been what he what we expected him to be from that trade. So what he, makes me mad is he has glint, like he has really great nights, but he balances out with really terrible nights. Porzingis, yeah, because again, I think it's still that Nick in him where it's still like, you know, he's like I got to be really good, but I can't be too good because if I start getting too good, people gonna expect it. Expect to be, it yeah. Right, but it's just like right now, Luke is really the only thing carrying that team, and if you look at what could happen again. You could you never know a last second shot can be the determination of you winning and losing and then end up going home. You better be lucky with them lucky shots they've been putting on. Right. Because and again, let's just say uh the map the Grizzlies win, they've done a seven seed. Now if you're a Luca, you end up having to go against you have to go against either the Spurs or the Warriors. And right now Steph is kinda going off. Yeah. Steph has been going off recently. And like now you kinda try to now you trying to try to deal with that. In a playoff, and like essentially, not even like a play, not like a playoff game where you you have the luxury of at least losing one game, right? Like this is a place where you have to win now. It's no, it's no tomorrow. Like it's win or go home. Yeah. It's a game. Essentially, it's a game seven. You know, for two nights. Well, when you put it like that, then from our thing, that's that sounds amazing. That's why the that, that's, that's why amazing. the NBA is doing it yeah. because people are gonna be like, oh, cool. Because I've because people have always said like people don't understand like why game sevens are so popular because it's all the stakes. Yeah. Like people who, who don't watch basketball don't understand like why a game seven, why people don't want it and want it at the same time. It's such a game where it's just like everything's at the stakes because again you can drop one or two games right. in a series. You don't want to drop three because you know that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah. But especially in last year in the bubble, right? Like I think we had the most game sevens we've ever had in a playoff series. See, and, I know Jordan never think about that because he's never seen a game. What you know what we're talking about, right? I now. mean, true. I mean, heck, Jordan. You know what we're talking about. Heck, from from 1990 to 98, Jordan never had a three game losing streak. No. But again, and, and then this also made me think about what great what would have been if we would have had some playing games in the past, right? I'll tell you one thing. Orlando, they would have been in there even more now. It's, bro, Orlando would have been in it. So a Penny Hardaway Shaq, Orlando would have, if they were in more, if we had playing games in the past, yeah. I do not think Penny and Shaq break up. One thing, I hate that people do not put any respect on Horace Grant's name. I'm sorry. It's true. Well, no, <laughs> well, I mean, listen. And it, and, no, they didn't facts, expect that man. Facts, right. the fa- facts are facts. Horace Grant, before, you know, when they got rid of uh, Oakley, they, you know, they needed somebody to step up. I thought they were replacing with Carwright. Well, well, we know Carwright. Carwright, sure. Carwright, yeah. Cool. But when the first, the first repeat, people didn't really respect Horace because he, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, Scotty, it wasn't Mike, it wasn't, you know, anybody but else. But he president. he was that defensive president where people were just like, yo, we needed to stop. Cool, Horace, yeah. go in there. Body him up. Like, you, you are that dude right yeah. now. Be that dude in the pole. When Cartwright couldn't, you know, when Cartwright, you know, couldn't you know, yeah, do his thing. It's crazy. Right. But then you see what happened when he left. Right, he's all. had a big, a big a hole in it. Oh yeah, big old gap. Because it's just, it's just now when, and this is something that NBA teams need to realize now. Big men are not going anywhere. Either they're evolving into what we see with uh with the dude the Bulls just got. I can't ever pronounce his name. Russian guy, right? Yeah, Russian dude. Yeah, okay. 
either they're doing either they're becoming what he is now or they're either being what Joel Embiid is, right? Yeah. Like he while Joel Embiid still isn't like, you know, the true definition of a big man, he's still in somebody you don't want to mess with. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when he when you do that, it's just levels to it. And it's just like right now, if they keep the playing games, because again, it's just imagine what would happen if like you had a play in game now where if if, you know, it stays where it is right now, especially in the West, because the West is very interesting because it's always it's still fluctuating right now because the Jazz just lost against the Lakers. To be fair to the Jazz, none of the starters play. <laughs> none of the starters play. So but, are that Donnie's <clears throat> out, huh? Yeah, well. He's out for the whole the whole year? No, not Don, uh, Jamal. No, Donnie's out too. Really? Yeah, John, yeah, yeah Donnie Mitchell's out. If he oh if he's out, it's over with. Cause I know Jamal Murray got out, which sucks. Yeah. Because like, dang, I was really hoping he stayed in because he was starting to come into his own as a player. And I was just like, bro, that would be great. But if Donovan Mitchell's out, it might be over <laughs> the Utah. Cause that was that oh, key fact. Cause like I see Donovan Mitchell, I didn't see Mike Conley, I didn't see any of those. And if he's out, oh boy. Mm. Oh, he only missed a game. It's a, it's a rib con- it's, okay let me say this before I before I put this out here it's only a rib contusion like that's something only like, a rib contusion. it's only a rib contusion like that's only that's you know it's a little something something but it's not like but again it's not like okay. what, My bad, yeah. he's not out out but again oh, he's okay. go, he's probably gonna sit out for the rest of the probably the back rest back. of the probably yeah, come back Murray's play. out out though yeah Murray's out out which sucks because oh, I kind of I did kind of want to see like a Jamal Murray Donovan Mitchell playoff series, yeah. like how that would work. Even a, a Jamal Murray, Devin Booker playoff series, see how that would work. Just because I would much rather, I like it to see young stars co up, right? Yeah. Like grow up in the NBA, right? Like, and especially now with the way the league is trending right now, yeah. it's going to end up being that way. But yeah, no, the Jamal Murray one sucks because everybody was just like, bro, it was like at that point in time, like they were looking like they were going to be legit. When they played that game, they played a couple of games. I think maybe like, like you know, like last week they played a game against uh, the Celtics, and you can just tell that Murray's presence was missed. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely missed. Yeah, because you know, it, Jokic, it, it, you know what I'm saying, like he did what he could, but I mean, Jokic did what he could. I mean, you know, again, he did what he could too. You know? It's just one of those things where it's. Everyone loves to push that Jokic is the star, and he is. Fair, fair, fair is fair. He is the star of that team right now. But Jamal Murray is that what is that engine that makes that Nuggets team run, right? Like he is. He is the he is the thing that makes them run. That's why you know, Jokic may be getting the MVP votes, but again, we see right now. What have I said for the longest? Whenever I say it, MVP, who is the most valuable player to the team, yep. if they can, if they hopefully, they, I don't think they're gonna fall too much. But if they continue to go down, then we're going to see. Because right now, I can see this going, falling a little bit more. <laughs> because the race, the race hasn't changed right now. Still, like I still want, I still say, <laughs> you're not that. Listen, you just don't apply yourself. I went to That's Chicago all. Public School, buddy. Wow. Yeah. I mean. I don't even know how to spell Chicago. I think with two eyes. Oh, that's and okay. A. I mean, to be fair, I graduated. <laughs> I graduated from the I graduated from the greatest high school of all time, Thornton Township High School. Really? Yes. Oh, 
Well, I lied. I went to TF South. Still can't spell Chicago. I mean that. I mean it's TF South. That's that. This that explains a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out South. <laughs> it's okay. As we always say, y'all are always our children. Y'all the redheads that tie. We get stabbed. We get stabbed, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Thornton, we do that there too. Thorn. Of course, y'all do. Thorn <laughs> is in the name. Yeah, that's true. But no. But uh. Right now, I mean, the race hasn't changed up. I still think Jokic is going to win it. I think right now Jokic is going to win just because, again, they don't have anybody else to challenge him. Like, Joel, I can't see it just yet. I I still, I want to put him in there. It's just, I need to see. He's he's finally, I think, going to complete without, like, uh, play restrictions, right? Like, he's been hurt. That's fine. Like, everybody gets hurt in the course of the year. But I think this is the first time where he's going to finish it without being like, hey, you know, we had to sit him down for a game or three because he, you know, he's hurt or he's old. You got them bad knees. But it's just right now. I know I saw that too. No, I'm you no know, Luke is my guy, but he's not in the playoff. You know, no, no. I saw yeah, that too, and yeah. I just said that. That's why I laughed. I was just like, bro, like what? But again, again, <laughs> names. What did too. I say? Not even namesake. If you take him out of Dallas, are they a contender? Of course not. I don't even know why Giannis is up there. They they really just they really search for names at this point. What Giannis been doing? I mean, he's having he's got them to the third seed. He's having them. He's having one of those seasons where it's a quietly good season. He's not putting up you know astronomical numbers. He's still averaging a double double, but it's just one of those things where it's just eh, it's still Milwaukee. It's still one of those teams where it's just like I don't really know how I feel about that just yet. Right. My boy Dame, though, he always doing it. Dame time, you know the Dame. And then, you know, just follow it out. It's Kawhi, James, LeBron. Why? He hasn't even played a game since March yet. But what did I say? Name value. When you're the greatest player in the league, they're going to put you in there just off your spirit. Look at how he's cheering from the benches. I mean, give him an award. He was really cheering hard when they beat uh, whatchamacallit, so. Yeah. But no, but again, it's uh, good to see Rudy up there though. Finally, well, yeah, I think Rudy's finally getting the respect he deserves. Again, yeah, like, right? I think a lot of people. Again, I for one have said like Donovan Mitchell is that, but I think Rudy has the <laughs> Rudy is needing to get the, the the deserving factor that he deserves, right? Like he is finally getting the attention he deserves. Again, to be fair to Rudy, it was his fault. We did have to stop the ga- stop games for a while because he decided, you know what, I'm gonna do? I'm gonna touch on all the mics. Like, bro, really? <laughs> What is stupid? What is stupid ass? It's okay. That's why hopefully new ownership in uh, Utah Jazz will help will help fix that. See that transition I did? See that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I did go to school for this occasionally. Occasionally. That would happen. When I wasn't banging. Wow. No. Uh, no, mother. I was not doing that. I was. I was doing schoolwork. Yeah. You I was doing um, I was doing schoolwork like the like the reason why you sent your money to school (laughs) anyway (laughs) well but D-Wade so D-Wade Dwayne Wade of course has now a stake as a majority owner into the Utah Jazz which is again the first uh, the first you know domino to fall for that for going to be a while and I think people don't understand like how that's going to affect the league going forward. Because D-Wade, I say D-Wade, Chris Bosh, uh, 
LeBron James, Chris Paul, they're going to be, you know, let's, they're going to be kind of like the next few guys to start buying uh, ownership in teams, right? Like they're going to be, you know, they'll start going to a little bit more assertive into it because they are a different bit of, they are a different breed of guys, right? Like they always had like a. I'm so sorry, real quick. What's what up? year did D Wade come in? Six. Two six. In 2006? Yeah. Yeah, it was two six. It was, again, it was that class. It was the class with uh, Chris. It was the class with uh, Carmelo and LeBron. I thought Brian came in 03. No. No, 0304, I thought. It might be 0304. No, 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 no. It was 0304, my bad, because I, I keep... Yeah, I was going to say 06. Yeah, 0304, yeah. He yeah. won in 06. No, yeah. he won in 0607, right? He won, yeah, he won in 0607. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he won in 0607. Okay. But yeah, he came in 03, so... Okay, so, so the same class as Brian and them. Yeah. So... And what I said, and like I told somebody before, like this is going to be game changing because a lot of people aren't going to be able to accept the fact that now a lot of these players, especially those players who came out of that draft, like yeah. these two, like this draft, are going to be going forward, are going to start putting their stakes into buying ownership in teams, right? Like they're going to start, Great. yeah, because again, like especially for them, because they have seen where it has been, they are so used to seeing like the good old boys club, yeah. And they used to seeing like how they didn't listen to their stars mm -hmm. when they needed to, right? Like again, when you know the good thing about D Wade is that he did go to Miami and he did have Pat Riley who knew how to listen to his stars and when he said they needed something, right? You know, you look at LeBron when he was in Cleveland, Dan Gilbert never really listened to him to get him help in those time frames where he could have where he could have won in Cleveland again. He dragged probably the worst team in basketball in my opinion to the finals when your second best player was Drew Gooden at the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. When your second best player is Drew Gooden. But no, but it's just D-Wade and those guys are going to be the next catalyst of players, right? Like, of course, you know, you have guys like, you had guys like Magic Johnson who had like 4% ownership in the Lakers. You have Michael Jordan who, you know, is the owner of Charlotte right now. Yeah. You have those guys, but it's just right now, it's just D-Wade is starting to grow. <laughs> D-Wade is starting to grow into where he's going to be eventually going to get ownership completely right like and now like it helps utah because like utah has always been kind of the stigma of like nobody really wants to go to utah to play right like even they could have always have like great players there it's just like no one wanted to go there to play in utah that's true like, like especially now with you know with you have you know donovan mitchell rudy go, uh rudy go, all those players but now it helps to have like a someone where Dwayne where where they're going to be like hey we have a guy who's probably going to listen to us, right? right? Like when we need help or we need some guidance, right? Like, and it's not like it's some dude who played, you know, in a bygone era. Like this is D-Way. He just literally just retired like a few years ago. He's still, you know, capable of connecting to those players. He still literally just played with some of those players on the court right. not too long ago. So like when it comes to that, it's going to help out that team get players to come there it's gonna help t fans get fans to go there right like this needs to be normalized it w and i think it will be i think again like i said i've said this many times like when lebron retires he's gonna do the same thing i think he's gonna i think he's gonna open the door yeah. for that transition of older players just one getting ownership and teams and well. right and it also helps get rid of that stigma of players not being smart enough to do it 
right? Like, like a lot of people for the longest time frame, it was just like, if there were players in ownership, they were really just like the, the mouthpiece, right? right? They weren't there to make decisions. They were there to wave and smile at the fans, right? Like they were where there to, you know, quote unquote, try to recruit players. Whereas I think D Wade is smart enough to be like, no, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to have a stake in it, you're going to listen to me. Like you're going to be, I'm going to be at the table. Like, I'm not just going to sit there and you're not you're not just going to use me as like a piece to try to get other players to go there. No, no, no. Like, you're going to listen to me. Like, you're not just going to uh, use me. Use me for a second. Like, they kind of like they kind of did with magic with the Lakers. Right. Like they gave him like. Yeah, but he was just that guy to be like, hey, you should come over to the Lakers. Right. But it, but that's what it was. It was just like he was just used as a recruiting tool and yeah. was never put on there as like, hey, like I can help you. I can help make decisions, right? Especially in that time frame, right? Like when the Lakers, when it was, you know, kind of, when Kobe was doing his goodbye tour and they were, they were like 14, 15. Right, like they weren't really trying to do playoffs. They weren't really trying to push anything. And then like they kind of, once Kobe left and that kind of break where LeBron wasn't there, those two years he wasn't there, it was just kind of yeah. bad for a while. Yeah, it was weird for me. It was weird because again, they never used magic in the way they should have. Right. And now with D Wade there, with uh guys like like I said, Chris Paul, when he eventually retires, he's gonna get ownership in it. He's gonna get stake in the ownership in the team. Yeah. Right. Like you have those guys who aren't going to just sit here and be like, Yeah, you know what? It's cool. I'll just sit here, you know, wave. Like, no, they're gonna use their smarts, their basketball smarts, their business smarts, right? Because this isn't something like this isn't something like D Wade just thought about doing. Like he's been making moves for a while. Like one of my homies works for him in his winery. Really? Yeah. Kevin, right? <laughs> wow. Shout out to uh, shout out to Trey. Shout out to George Walker the third. Shout out to wow wow. Shout out to George Walker the third for working there. But yeah, I mean no. Like D Wade has been making business moves, right? Like LeBron James, even while still playing, has been making multimedia business moves with, with the shop, yeah. with his uh podcasting with platform the, tequila, with the tequila thing he has right yeah. like these things have started to slowly but surely come around it's just so you, know, you just don't have to play basketball you can right play, you know well in you know in your business uh ventures and whatnot mm-hmm. i know we credit that to jay-z this guy well there, he will yeah <laughs> <laughs> he always doing that before you go oh, did you see uh the 96 draft thought nothing won't be now documentary Wow. Don't start nothing, they won't be nothing. Blame society, shred out of here. got a few minutes left, but don't start nothing, they won't be nothing. First of all, don't start nothing, they won't be nothing. First of all, does does he have on the Last Supper yes. as a chain? Yes, he does. I'm pretty. I'm glad it ain't raining because I'm pretty sure that's sacrilege somewhere in the yeah, Bible. And then got diamonds on it too. I'm pretty sure. As long as it, listen, it don't even go. Was it made out of thirty last, pieces of silver? Last, the last thing I'm gonna do is take it back to somebody who has their pants inside out. Was it? Was it? Was it made? Was it made for thirty? Yes. Look, listen. Okay. Look, ain't nothing wrong with that. This is a fashion statement. Okay. He just crisscrossing it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and they jump their ass right off the Blame society. I blame you. Wait, which which documentary from '96? So they came out with a new one recently. It has uh, everybody from Allen Iverson, Ray, uh, uh, Stephen Marbury. It just came out. It's called Ready or Not. It is a great documentary, and gotcha. oh, and they got on Kobe too. 
talking about how 96 was the best draft year probably ever. I have to check that one out. Oh, yeah, you got to. It's, Where's it at? Uh, it's on ESPN.com. You can probably find it on your YouTube. All right, well, I got... Or, what TV you got? Hulu. So I got... I'll just go find it on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's a really great document. It's like two episodes, but it's really good. Okay. ESPN has the, has the best... Well, sports content. Well, yeah, because they have they the access. Right to it, yeah. They got the rights to it. They got access to it. They can do that. If I had the rights to it, exactly. If I had rights to everything, every sport ever made, I could do it too. Without having to, you know, illegally. I mean, you know, without having to purchase it and then going through the right system of winning. Give it to you. Exactly. But no. But no. But like I said, it's just D Wade is going to be the first domino. He's going. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. And then, like he said. It's going to change from like a lot of white ownership to like now mixing into a black. Because again, when a league, when your league is what majority, like eighty five percent black, and about two percent of that is of that ownership is black, you have to, uh, uh, you have to eventually start to see the writing on the wall. Yeah, it's only and like I said, and like a lot of these players aren't going to be like what the older players are going to be, and just happy to sit here and just be like. Hey, you know what it is, what it is, right? Like the like again. Imagine if some of the players from like that ninety to like early two thousands took over some teams. But you kind of seen that with like a Joe Dumar, you kind, you know. But here's but but, but I'm talking about like a name value, okay. like uh, if saying. Kobe was a lot a Kobe, if a, if Shaq did it, if like you know like uh, see it, AI. I, I feel like they're just satisfied being sports analysts. Like they normalized that so much, where that's you know, well. Yeah. It, that was the thing. It was either well, it was e- literally if you retired, it was three things you do. You either become a coach for you know a few years, yep. then retire, and then just you know go off into the existence, enjoy the ride, be a sports analyst, you know for you know the rest of the time till you retire, or go broke. That was literally the three paths that once you retire you would do. You would go broke, sell your ring, and then end up on some documentary trying to uh, sell a Ponzi scheme. That's Who are you speaking of? A bunch. Have you seen the document? Have you seen the thirty no, for thirty I, called broke? Ah, uh, I gotta watch that. Yeah. So that that was literally the path. But like I said, but now it's just now it's just now players are starting to see the light, and they're seeing that as players for the next generation, we want to set it up right. that way. They have other options. They don't just have to do what everyone other player did right like they don't have to do this they can go in and if you're smart enough and if you're business savvy enough to understand how the game works you can set it up so that way you can play better down the road and have a longer career and longer money because again a lot of people said once those nba checks like once people retire those nba checks only last about another year because you're trying to maintain the lifestyle you had while that money was coming in. Yep. So now that you don't have that money coming in. But you still have the endorsements. Nah, it now. depends. If you, it depends. Because like a LeBron, he'll still have his Nike endorsement. Because that's still, a, that's a LeBron. Right. But let's just say per, a Tristan Thompson. Outside of the Kardashians, what other endorsement does he have? He's a kind of endorsement. Well, that's, well, yeah, that's about it. And that's gonna actually dry up too. Yeah. So yeah. So it just not doing big with that deal. And it, it only works if you're doing good. And he's not doing good right now. He's averaging what, like four points a game. He's terrible. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. So no, it's just D Wade is showing you, showing everyone else the way to how it's gonna go. I am excited for that. 
I'm excited. I want to see like how it does next year. Like he hasn't. They announced that he has. He can't take ownership until next year though because it's a huge. Well, no, it's just. Well, no, it's just like you can't do it in the middle of the no, year. No, and like the governor has to approve because it, it's like a big purchase. Like to buy someone in like at that high of a level, right. you got to clear it through like everything. But no, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good thing to see like how this is gonna work. So, but it's also gonna be funny to see how they do this in Utah. Cause I don't know if y'all know Utah. Ain't too many black people in Utah. I'm literally, I'm not even joking. Like, if you don't yeah. play for the Utah Jazz, you're kind of already not black. Like four people in Carl Malone, I think. Right. And you know, Carl Malone's still chasing after, you know, he's still hanging Junior. out of high school. Yeah, so yeah. you know. Yeah, he's real childish with his choices. Him and R. Kelly, him and R. Kelly having fun. Yeah, but one could read, the other one couldn't. Read the sign that she's a young lady. Exactly. Well, that's what, see, that's why they travel together. So that way, all right, Carl. All right, Carl, I need you to point out where all the high schools at because, you know. It's so crazy. I got a stigmatism. I'm not going to be your son, buddy. I'm playing basketball. I'm playing basketball, guys. I'm going golfing later. You okay? Wow. Well, that's my show. That's how we end this, guys. We always end with taking a dig at R. Kelly. That's always fun. But, yeah. but shout out to Fluent Radio for putting me on as always. Shout out to producer Jeff for being here as well. <laughs> Until next time, guys. I'll see y'all later. Two fingers, deuces. Oh, yeah. Your day sounds better with your music and your station playing on the background. Fluent Radio.